Spirituality and claims of the paranormal, but protect part ourselves. And there you go. You don't have to interview everybody. I'm a plot room, and this is going to be and today. We're going to talk about the mystery of the, the kingdom, kingdom of, of God. Um, a movie, a very fine movie, a very fine movie. Or okay, we're climbing back up to our regular. Yes, yeah, that's right. Can't do this forever. This episode is specifically for Adam Smith. Hi, Adam Smith. Hi. If you're anyone else, turn this off. This isn't for you. This is not for you. This is an episode specifically for one man, and that man is Adam Smith. A well-known economic theorist. No, you're thinking of Adam Smith. Oh, shoot. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, lost the H. Correct. And he made a bad Christian movie. <laughs> <laughs> He's listening, so it was oh, a oops. sub-good <laughs> okay. Christian movie. It's a good euphemistic way to say it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And the movie is... Dun, 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 dun. Mystery of, of the, the Kingdom, kingdom of, of God. God. If you didn't hear us mumbling earlier. Yeah. We were mumbling because that's pretty much how every character in this movie sounds. And every character in this film is voiced by <laughs> Adam, Adam Smith. Smith yes. Our one listener. And yes, there are female characters. There are. And he is a cis man from what we have gathered. And he's not great at any of the voices, <laughs> but especially not the ones that are out of his familiarity zone. So we, I guess, decided we'd take a, a fun little trip into a totally different region for today's episode, lighten things More up a ways bit. Than one. And so we, we went and saw a Christian film. Yeah, well, and oh, there's so much backstory to this grand mm. Christian film. Mm -hmm. So my betrothed, Drew, and I were laying in bed one night and we were like, we got to go to the drive-in. We haven't been to the drive-in in a minute. And it's one of the few things you can do these days. We're still in times of social isolation. Exactly. And there's no better way to stay socially distanced than to go see a screening of Mystery of the Kingdom of God. <laughs> yes, that's, that's doubly true, isn't it? <laughs> Drew and I were planning on where we were going to go, what we were going to see. And we had it planned out. We were going to see Promising Young Woman, which we haven't seen yet. What is that? A normal good film. I haven't uh, seen it yet. A promising but, good film. Yeah. <laughs> but as you know, Adam, we, we ended up seeing your movie. And here's why. Because after we had picked the film, I'm still laying there. I'm reading my book. And Drew goes, babe, you're going to want to see this instead. And hands me his phone and turns on this trailer. I'm down. You know I'll beat you. Bulldog! Wow! Jesus. Call the young man Andrew. He is the destiny now. My savior, my fortress, my deliverer, my stronghold. How do I get the power of God? You've been baptized in the water, but not by Holy Spirit and fire. You must be baptized in both. The Holy Spirit will guide you. You're called the spiritual warfare. Don't be shocked. 
fought for truth in a world of lies and deception. So as you can tell there, this is a strange movie. Strange is a good way to sum it up. It's clearly pushing a Christian agenda, but sub-goodly. Now, you couldn't see what was on screen. Mm. There were Bible verses flashed, Mm. at least one in particular, and, uh, you know, other textual and visual elements. But I think the audio gives you kind of an idea of the quality as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The visuals are striking. I'll give you that, Adam. They are unique. Mm-hmm. And unrepeatable. Un- <laughs> so it is a computer animated film. Yes, uh, CG animation. Uh, so Drew and I went down and saw it in City of Industry. Yes, at the Vineland Drive-In Theater. Yes, at the Vineland Drive-In Theater, which appears to be in what is normally a swap meet area. That, and- that seems to be a typical thing because we had one like that in Santa Cruz. It was a flea oh, market okay. slash drive-in movie theater. It's a good use. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Big space. Now, I, I just want to clear up here. Most yeah. people will hear the story as you presented it and think, mm. poor Drew. He got hoodwinked from watching oh, no, a normal, no. critically acclaimed film into mm. watching a less desirable film that most people would not want to see. Well, first of all, only Adam Smith is listening to this, so I don't know why he would come to that conclusion. In case there's any hangers on. People in in the room with him. Good right. point. Yeah, for those people in the room with Adam Smith, no, no, no. First of all, Drew found the film. Yes, but, right. But, but B, point B, Drew loves, loves Christian movies. See, I think this is important to establish because, for example, our Seventh-day Adventist Amazing Facts series Mm -hmm. started when Kara saw one of their mailers that arrived at our house and kind of sighed and handed it to me saying... You're probably going to want to look at this. Oh, okay. Oh, interesting. Yes. Same sentence, very different intonation. Later on, then she regrets (laughs) having handed it to me. Having (laughs) met me. Yeah. (laughs) So who knows how many things she's just like kind of quietly burned. Oh, that's a good point. Hoping I won't see them. Oh, think of all the cults we haven't joined because of Kara. Kara. Hypothetical Kara. No, Drew loves them, and we watch Christian movies often together. And in fact, Drew will just turn on the TV and put it on the Dove Network and just watch a bad, <laughs> low-budget Christian movie. And amazing. Drew didn't even grow up Christian like you and me. He's just weird. That's that's amazing. Well, you yeah. found the right man. <laughs> now, there is a cottage industry of bad Christian films. Yes. It's just, it's a thing. There's a market for it. Mm-hmm. I've seen many of them. My mm-hmm. mom still loves to see them. My, my poor son, uh, Andrew, my mom will try to get a whole weekend where Andrew will come visit her. This doesn't happen as much anymore. She still asks for it all the time. But he knows he's going to see one of these bad Christian films because I think she's hoping. I've got my grandson for a moment. I'm going to show him this film. This will teach him about the power of God. He's finally going to get it. Right. And so he'll come home and he'll tell us about the awful film he had to watch. Whatever it is, there's always in the theater one of those really bad Christian films. Oh, man. Now, I say bad. That's both on like a filmmaking level, Mm -hmm. but also on a storytelling level. So, you know, think of films like God's Not Dead or like anything with Kevin Sorbo or anything with Kirk Cameron. My favorite, the Cristiano Brothers. Oh, yeah. Yes, a brother director team. Now, then they're on another end of the spectrum where you have some that are kind of like a higher 
budget, mm-hmm. like God's Not Dead, you know, they mm-hmm. look like, wow, Almost, high, yeah. high production values-ish mm-hmm. and, you know, left behind or something like that. And then you've got the Cristiano brothers on the other end of that spectrum where this is a real shoestring budget kind of deal. Uh, you say that having seen The Appointment, which is my favorite, but is early in their career. They did get a little quote unquote better okay. at their craft and also get higher budgets. So later ones look a little more like... God's not dead, but not quite that pro. And it, right right after seeing this movie that we're about to talk about, I saw ads for The Girl Who Believes in Miracles. Yep. That one's coming out soon. And I got to say, there is part of me that thinks, oh, I got to go see it. Like, I kind of want to see all of them. And it's distributed by the same distribution <gasps> company. So that's why you got the ad for it. Atlas <sighs> Distribution Films. So, okay. So here's the thing. Drew and I went to see the movie and we were like... This was a phenomenal human experience hmm. that ne'er shall be replicated again. <laughs> At least, you know, you can't you can't go home again. It won't be the first time. Mm-hmm. We can see this every day until we are dead and it will be different every time. Um and uh and yet we still have so many questions about what happens in this movie around this movie, (laughs) and what caused this movie to be. Right, because that is always the eternal mystery of the mystery of the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. I I keep saying the mystery. I think it's just mystery of the kingdom of God, no no first article. But as I'm looking at the preview for the trailer, right above mystery of the kingdom of God, it says Brides of Christ. What's that? I... (laughs) Is that a pre-title? Uh, I mean, I know theologically what that is, but what is that in the title? Brides of Christ, Mystery of the Kingdom of God, now in theaters. Huh. Well, actually, let's is look there, that up. Is there going to be a whole Brides of Christ series? Brides of Christ. Great question. Lunch in Paris. Oh, there was a Australian TV miniseries called Brides of Christ. I guess that's probably not a reference to that. It's about nuns. Anyway, this movie, Mystery of the Kingdom of God, Adam Smith, as you know... You are the only actor in it, you, Adam Smith. You do every voice, not great, into a microphone that's clearly just on your desk in your home. Not a great microphone. Not a good, not as good as the microphone sitting in front of me. Not well situated. I don't know where you put it, but (laughs) it could have been put somewhere better. Um, I don't know if you were speaking into the right end of it. mm Mm-hmm. Okay, I think it's the right end. Okay. I'll give him that much. I don't know. He might have been like a side approach on a front-facing um, microphone. Okay, that's true. It was really hard to hear what was being said. Yeah. And it was just, it wasn't enunciated. It wasn't enunciated. The delivery was off enough that both of us had moments where we were like, well, maybe this is a person whose English is not their first language. Right. I looked into Adam Smith. He's a white guy from San Diego. Okay. So that doesn't seem to be the deal. Huh. Um, I'm really confused. I think he's just doing a bunch of voices and he's not great at it. He's sub good. See, I would love to talk to you, Adam, because I want to know, for example, did you do all of the voices for one character at one go just so you could maintain some level of similarity, consistency? Or did you sit there at the same microphone and just go, hi, Kimberly. Hey, Adam, how are you? <laughs> oh, I'm doing pretty well. Yeah. See, you did should have hired that? Carrie because Carrie just did a better job. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, dear Lord. I, I mean, just do you know a woman? You could have had a woman. Any woman. <laughs> Any woman. Name a woman. Do the voices. I, you have to know one. You got to. And I know that you do because this movie is co-written by 
Dr. Jenny Chan. Oh, she has a doctorate? She, I believe, you know, I did a deep dive trying to find her. Sure. She, I believe, is a pharmacist in the San Diego area okay. who also talks to God. Jenny, you can listen to the show now, too. Yes, now you can come into the room. <laughs> yeah, why, why didn't you do some of the voices? Yeah, Jenny, what's going on here? So Jenny gets direct messages from God, it appears. There is an Asian woman in the film. Uh-huh. Maybe instead of Adam Smith playing <laughs> the Asian woman, it could have been Dr. Jenny Chen. Yes, you're inferring correctly that she is an Asian American woman. Yeah, don't know what her voice sounds like, but yeah, uh, seems like a closer match at least. Uh, so here's what I've gleaned. It seems that Adam Smith started this movie when he was in high school. Yeah, he's, he seems like he must be a young fellow. Yeah, he started it then He had some sort of company attached to do the animation for a little bit, but decided that they weren't quite biblical enough. He they wanted to make the angels not look like biblical angels. And as you and I know, biblical angels look fucking terrifying. Oh, sure. They've got all kinds of eyeballs on them. Mm -hmm. And there's like rotating wheels and excess wings. Oh, I I just remembered I didn't finish the earliest sentiment. I got Mm. distracted by Brides of Christ. So the real mystery of mystery of the kingdom of God is how did this get made? How did this get made? Like the podcast, how did this get made? Because most of us when we're teenagers, we have some idea of a movie we would just love to make. But no one lets us do it because... (laughs) They shouldn't. They shouldn't. Right. It's like that quote, everybody has a book inside Inside of them. them. For most people, it should stay there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think that's Hitchens. And that applies here in movie form. So it's just how, yeah, who enabled this? There had to be money exchanged there. Yes. How do you get a distribution deal and get in a theater that is within driving distance of Carrie Poppy? Right. And I had all the same questions and I looked up the distributor I don't want to get too far ahead of myself because I do want to go into the plot of this movie before I give you too much. But I looked up the distributors. It was distributed by Atlas Films Distribution. And I was like, what's their deal? So one of the higher ups there is a man called John Aglialaro. So then I looked him up. Type, type, type. You can hear me now. He could have done voices. Exactly. He is the owner of the rights to the Atlas Shrugged movie. Okay. That was a real box office hit. And is on the board for... They made it into like a... Wasn't it like a three-part series? Yeah. And they're all distributed by... Atlas Distribution. Atlas Distribution. Okay. Yeah. So he formed this group like around having the rights to that particular movie. And now they will only represent movies that are uh, ideological and poorly made. That reflect their core values, honor, integrity, and the power of the individual. All right. Um, And what that seems to- This might qualify. (laughs) And what that seems to mean is- you can pay to have them distribute your, your film. Right. So, yeah. okay, you you give us enough money and we'll shrug distribute your film with yeah. Atlas. So, I looked at their distribution deck and yeah, like basically you just you just pay them and they get you into they okay. get you into theaters. So, this is your film version of self-publishing. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Okay. And here we are we're telling you about it. Good luck if you want to go see it. Hopefully, it will become available on some streaming platform at some point or you know you can somehow view it online but right now you have to go to a theater and and we'll talk more about its success 
in the theater. But mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. right now, if you're listening to this episode and you're like, I've got to see Mystery of the Kingdom of God. It, well, first of all, you made it, Adam. <laughs> it might not be easy to see it right now. Yes, that's right. And perhaps right now you're going to the website, mysteryofthekingdomofgod.com forward slash theaters. And you're like, Ross and Carrie, this is playing at a ton of theaters. I see them right here on the list. Mm-hmm. Do not be fooled. Do not be fooled, listener. For I have found out that a lot of these theaters seem to have pulled it even before it was supposed to finish its run at their theater. Oh, wow. And replaced it with The Girl Who Believes in Miracles. So, oh, something better came in to fill that same niche of the small Christian film. So some of these that are listed don't actually show it. That's right. Okay. Yeah, I called both of the locations in California because Drew and I were thinking about driving 35 miles to see it again. I almost went to go see it at Chino Hills. (laughs) I would have been amazing if we got there and you were there. (laughs) (laughs) Which so could have happened. You know, and we'd still be the only three people I I was this close to going to see it at Chino Hills <laughs> for a second time. Well, you would have been disappointed. They don't have it. Neither does Moreno Valley. Yes, we were willing to go 60 miles if we had to. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no longer showing in California. Well, then, boy, did we get good timing, but uh, oh, we'll yeah. continue to tell the story. All right, so Drew and I went and saw this movie first, mm-hmm. and we went down to the drive-in theater, and on the way, Drew said, how many cars do you think will be there to see Mystery of the Kingdom of God? Yeah, this is a good question to ask. Yeah, and I said, with us? Yeah, okay. Eight. With us or against us? <laughs> and he agreed eight was a good good guess, so we stuck with eight together okay, okay. as a unit. And guess how many cars were there to watch Mystery of the Kingdom of God? Twelve. No, boy, I really set you up, and still, and huh? still. It was some different number? It was eight. What? There were eight, exactly eight. I was really proud of this. Oh, my goodness. It's like you were aided by the Spirit. (laughs) Exactly. And let me be specific here. There were eight when the movie began. Eight cars. Yes. Okay. When the movie ended, there were fewer than eight. I think there were more like five. (laughs) Okay. But people stayed. People stayed to the end of this movie. And that was a half-hour drive to get to go see this movie. Okay. The weirdest named city. Yeah, so Drew and I watched it. I won't give away too much because soon thereafter, I was like, Ross, we have to go back to the drive-in that's a half hour away and see Mystery of the Kingdom of God. You're going to like it. And at this point, I had seen more than just the trailer because you'd posted a couple clips. Oh, yes. I had taken some video on my cell phone, which you're not supposed to do. And put it on my Twitter feed. I got to say, I think I got more eyes on clips probably Mr. Thinking of God than probably saw this movie in the United States otherwise. Probably. Yeah, I remember you sent me that post and I watched it as I was out in a walk with my wife and son. And I was playing like one of these (laughs) clips where he's speaking in tongues and there's this big prayer shield around him. And oh, we were just cracking up. Yeah, it's really a wonder. And my son Andrew was this close to wanting to come see it with us. And then then he realized how long we were going to have to drive to get there and that it was going to take up his whole night oh sure i i can't remember if he was working that night but for whatever reason he backed up well i invited another andrew and my andrew was like i don't know that i want to see this twice so there is a <laughs> there is a cap to yes. choose interest in christian movies but okay not me i always think of you as someone who is more willing than the average bear to watch a movie multiple times 
Oh, that's interesting. Maybe we've just talked about films that you've seen two, three times in the theater. Midsommar. Exactly. Mm -hmm. For Mm -hmm. me, that is such a foreign concept. Like, oh, I saw it in the theater. I'm going to see Midsommar again in like a week at the drive-in with Matthew and Drew. See? This is interesting. I love Midsommar, though. Okay. But now it's become a bit of a bit. Okay. Yeah. Now it's funny because yeah. we're back at the theater watching it again. See, I don't get that, but I okay. I think Matthew and I are basically just daring each other at this point. Like, one of us will find it, and we're like, we're going, right? Well, yeah, we're going. that's great for the movie. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Drew and I saw the film at the end of March, and then you and I went and saw it, I believe, on April Fool's Day. Yeah. Yes. It's a good way to celebrate. <laughs> yeah. Well, and because... And I was like, here's a good movie, April Fool. So we were looking at that same theater, the Vineland Drive-In, and they only listed their schedule through Thursday. And right. we were talking about, well, maybe we go see it this weekend, but you said it might not still be it there this weekend. It may not be there, so said, yeah. All right, well, let's go. So... You picked me up. Yep, I picked you up in Burbank. Drove down to City of Industry. City of Industry, still the closest place we could see it. Yep. And as we pulled in to buy our tickets, I asked the woman selling the tickets, hey, how popular is this movie? And she said, oh, it is our least popular film. (laughs) That was (laughs) remarkably frank. (laughs) Yeah. And you said, ever? And she said, <laughs> oh, probably not ever. And then you kind of saw her search her memory and then There's got to be some film. <laughs> yeah, hmm. I, don't, I don't feel confident saying it is the absolute worst for sure. But she couldn't think of <laughs> don't the competition. Examples. And for people not familiar with the drive-in theater, because these aren't too common anymore. Oh, okay. It, I think a lot of people still expect there's going to be a little stand and you're going to grab a physical microphone and like... Oh. Put it on your window. Now, with the modern marvels of technology, you can just tune your radio to a little local transmitter they have that broadcasts the audio for the film. It's it's genius. I used to go to the drive-in a lot in Northern California because in Sacramento area we had... We had uh, a very good drive-in. So I've only ever known the ones with the radio. I think this has experienced some resurgence in times of pandemic. Yeah, I said when this started, not, of course, knowing how bad things would get. I was like, well, at least maybe this will bring back the drive-in. And it did do that. Kind of did, yeah. Yeah, it did do that. I think I'd still, if I could go back, I'd make the pandemic not happen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah balancing my hands here. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're right. Maybe the <laughs> not half a million people in the U.S. dying yeah, is, I'm would be better. absolutely against that. But I'm for the drive-in. We paid $10 each. Yep. That's how much it costs. Good deal. $20 total. That's also how much I paid to see Raya and the Last Dragon at a drive-in. Huh. Better use of money. Excuse me? rude adam smith is listening to this and only adam smith i'm sorry adam so we went in both did our language apps that's important yes if we find ourselves with downtime in each other's company we're not like let's talk we're like oh good we can both practice our language apps and the other person will understand (laughs) carrie's got spanish ross has german going and we are getting our achievements achieved oh and of course this time there was again the guessing of the number of cars Carrie said, I think there will be one other car. Yes. And I said, I'm going to head you in. I'm saying two. And we were both right. <laughs> That's right. There were two and then there were one. There were two and one. Yeah, and then there, there were, were none. Three, three and then there were one. Oh, my God. This is confusing. There were three with us, <laughs> counting us. And then one left about 15 minutes in. If even. Yeah. It was, clearly, this car... <laughs> 
<laughs> saw, <laughs> saw what was happening, and they're like, nope, I'm not going to do it. I'm being the actual car, like, with a face, like in the movie Cars. He's, <laughs> yeah. like, looking at it, frowning. No. <laughs> this was also funny, because we parked, and we were ready for a while, and we are about to start the movie at 7.30. That was our screening time. And one of the people who worked at the theater kind of ran up to the car and said, hey, by the way, uh, you can drive to the left and go around this barrier, and he, there's like a whole inner circle. You can get close to the screen. Yeah. Because we were pretty far away from it. Yeah, and it didn't feel that far, if but yeah, it turned out we were. If you're the only one there, you might as well be front and center. So we did, and it turned out that although you can get closer, it's a bit less scenic. You're you're looking at a big sign for like tire repair or something <laughs> that's right under the screen. Sure, it's an ad, you know. Yeah. But yeah, the other car that came in to join and watch, <laughs> for whatever reason, it's this huge parking lot, and uh, I, it's interesting. They have like these undulating hills built yeah. into the parking lot, so you can sort, sort of raked seating. Yeah, you can stop your car so it's angled upward and get a, a better view of just the screen. And so this other car comes in, and it could have parked anywhere and been just as close to the screen, but no, they parked right in front of us. <laughs> in front of us what like is it that? was a joke as they came in we even joked like what if they just pick right in front <laughs> and of then us they did. and then oh you did that was a choice yeah good for them we were a smack dab in the middle so okay so then the movie starts clicking to life and you're still you know finishing up your language app and i was like no ross there are no trailers there are no trailers <laughs> <laughs> because this movie, yeah, this this movie comes at you and it comes at it you does, fast. It doesn't let up. Oh my goodness, yes. So we start in heaven and Don't we all? there's going to be a lot of supposition here because, mm-hmm. Adam, mm-hmm. we had a hard time understanding exactly what you were trying to communicate here. But mm-hmm. I think what was happening is that we were witnessing a scene in heaven. I kind of liked actually at the beginning you see the Ark of the Covenant and the angels wings unfurl those little cherubim and they hop off of the ark of the covenant okay that's cool and then i think there was a depiction maybe of the rebellion in heaven mm-hmm. of satan mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah satan is cast out of heaven okay yeah. so we see a dramatization of that okay yeah nice effort and ross says out loud pen in hand poised above his paper i don't even know what to write well and you were talking about kind of the rip-roaring pace of this thing this big quote comes up and so i even i'm reading it quickly because i it's a bible verse obviously and i want to just like get a feel for what verse is this and i've read half of the first sentence and it's (laughs) it fades out you need to like in your head just time yourself how long it takes you to read yeah, that. And then you yeah. add more. You give people time right. to read. There was no time to read. I, no time. I think it was from Isaiah. Maybe Isaiah 14. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even know. Also, the first thing that hits you about this movie is the animation. So. Yeah. When <laughs> Ross like looked to heaven and as he said, made that noise. I work in animation. I don't mm-hmm. want to be too much of an animation snob here. Sure. Okay. Well, I don't work in animation. I can't even draw a cow. And this was very <laughs> bad. So this is what it looked like to me. Okay. Picture yourself being someone who works for a small nonprofit that has four employees mm. and you're trying to May this is this is the the project of your dreams for the whole year. You are going to make a video game that teaches kids to eat their vegetables, mm. and it's going to have five scenes max. 
very 2D. Main character is going to be a bell pepper who's walking around. And is it time for Veggie Tales? Is this what's happening? <laughs> Something like that. So, so yeah, you've made this like educational video game that comes out only on a disc. <laughs> 25 people buy it for mm-hmm. $8 for their kid. It looks like that. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I, I won't say I've seen worse animation. Okay. Like the art of animation itself. Yeah. And looking at the credits, it looked like they found some kind of budget outsource studio, probably in China, I'm guessing, from the names that we I were seeing. I think it's Taiwan. Oh, okay. It's like bad television animation, but you know, it's it's fairly competent. The characters are moving around. They had mm-hmm. rigs. Obviously, they had they probably had existing character rigs and they just kind of modified them a bit for this film and things move not horribly. So Adam Smith mm-hmm. didn't you did not do all the animation yourself. Of course. You had some professionals do it, but it was like bad television animation mm. essentially. Oh, okay. I guess I'll say it that way. It really looked to me like a video game so much that when I saw it the first time I thought we were, it was one of those cold opens where like, oh, I'm watching the video game one of the characters is Mm. playing and we're going to pull out and in much better (laughs) animation, we're going to see the actual character playing. And the art direction isn't much to write home about. Like it's very flat. The lighting is all very flat, but there's ambition there. Like all the heaven scenes and everything. You You can tell they were trying to go for something really grand and just tripped on the execution. That's true. And I appreciate someone who goes for it. I appreciate going for it. Yeah, for this whole thing, Adam, I got to say, you know, <laughs> you made a movie. And you that's, made a movie! And that's really impressive Yeah, neither of us level. has made a movie. Yeah, I mean, well done in that regard. You, you got, got the movie, movie made. We're just wondering, how'd you do it? How'd you do it, Adam? We need more info. Okay, oh yeah, no, I wrote it down. 7.45, which is 15 minutes in, the third car left. Oh, so okay. they did wait for 15 minutes. Well, the movie didn't start at 7.30 oh. on the dot. Oh, oh, okay. Thought it didn't, but okay. So then, actually, you seem to follow this better than I did, even okay. though this was my second scene. <laughs> but there's some, like a demon possesses a driver, and this makes someone die. This is like the first on-earth scene of the movie. We shouldn't pass up a really important scene in heaven, though. Oh, okay. That kind of sets this whole thing up. Oh, yes. So... There's originally a protagonist named Eric. Mm-hmm. He's going to be the main deal. And he's a blonde, tall kid, I assume. Hard to know the ages for sure from these uh, from these models. But he lives a life of partying. And, mm-hmm. you know, he goes to... He goes to clubs. Like raves and yeah. bad places where we, bad people do bad things. We see him at a club, not drinking or taking drugs, but just like dancing and the... Music is like, unch, 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 and we just know from that, like, bad sit. Yeah, and so he has made the wrong decision. Originally, God had a plan for him to mm. be involved in this huge end times drama, and so Eric's name was written on this chair in heaven, but after he did all that partying, his name disappears, and now someone else gets appointed, and the name Andrew shows up. Actually, it's... Andrew. Andrew. <laughs> yes, that's right. I was going to say the actors in the film all pronounce it Andrew, Andrew. but there's one actor in the film. And that's you, Adam. <laughs> so for whatever reason, spelled Andrew, pronounced Andrew. Also, all of these names on the various thrones or chairs are in papyrus yes, font. Well spotted. Every, every mom's favorite font. And the font for the movie Avatar. Oh, is that right? Inexplicably, yes. Okay. <laughs> like, they made up their own language for the film, but they used papyrus. <laughs> My mom loves papyrus. If I get 
a letter from my mom. And that shit's going to be typed and it's going to be in papyrus. That's better than Comic Sans. True. So now Andrew's, uh, I'm sorry, Andrew's Andrew. name <laughs> replaces Eric's. And now Andrew has the mission from God. Uh, but yes, like you were saying, you know, we go back to Earth. We see him playing a video game. There's a long scene with him and another boy playing a video game. And also his girlfriend is there. Yeah, first she's... I thought it was the mom. I guess it's his girlfriend. The mom is also in the room. There's two women in the room. They're all Adam. Three, <laughs> three of them have red hair, but they're not all related. And that that threw me. The and first now time. now we're finally having dialogue scenes where people are supposed to be exchanging witty banter, mm-hmm. and the sentences just truncate so quickly. No one's interested in the conversation, and it's so hard to understand because you're muttering, Adam. And maybe need a better microphone too. Yeah. Right. I really wonder if maybe that was supposed to be scratch audio, which is like where the and he was reaching out to Kirk Cameron or someone else. <laughs> yeah, to... in case someone else is in the room with Adam, scratch audio is when. You haven't yet hired your voice actors, right. but you read it's a the place lines. Holder. Yeah, read the lines so that like everybody can follow along. This sounds so like scratch actor. audio. Yes, it definitely does. So at least now we've met him, and then yeah, we get this scene where all of a sudden, for no reason, you know, they're outside and walking, and of course the streets are empty because you know you can't pay for all these background characters. That's more <laughs> They'd animation, have to speak. <laughs> right? But uh, all of a sudden you've got this guy who's driving and. A demon just flies into him. Yeah, like flies into his eyes and like turns his eyes bloodshot red and his face turns like ashen gray. Yeah, and and he starts swerving around wildly and hits a person. Yeah, hits a kid. And then we go to that kid's funeral and only two people are at it. Because, you know, you can't animate all these extra characters. You're going to talk for all those people? Come on. There's a lot of empty set pieces in this film. Yeah, yeah. Most of the people, I think everyone in that scene is a redhead. I was really distracted by how many redheads there were. Andrew is a redhead. Yep. Yeah. His girlfriend's a redhead. His mom's a redhead. It's just too many redheads. Listen, it's a recessive gene. (laughs) You need to deal with this in your world. Should be the minority. Okay, then we quickly change perspectives. Yeah, the next thing I have, and it was hard to keep up with the notes. Yeah. You know, to write in the dark while watching a movie, but we did our best. So we may not tell you every scene. (laughs) Yes. Adam. Yeah, you may need to watch your own movie. (laughs) But yeah, I think then Andrew goes to a psychic. Yes, a tarot card psychic person. And, you know, maybe there are transitions in all of this. Maybe someone mutters something that explains what's going to happen next. Maybe there's some other way that the, the film precipitates what we should expect. But to us, it just felt random. Like, oh, we're here now. Yeah. Why is Andrew going to the Why is Andrew going to the psychic? I don't know. But he here lo- he is. He looks at a flyer. We know that much. He looks at a flyer for this psychic. Oh, and that's then he goes in. Right. Maybe that's outside the church or something. Yeah. I don't know. Like the transitions are so abrupt. Yes. And yeah. so I feel like if I watched it again, I was able to like freeze frame. Maybe I could figure out kind of the connective fiber that leads you from one scene to the next. Or maybe I was looking down to try to write for a second and I missed it. Right. But yeah, I was really scratching my head. Also, the sound design won't help you because the score, while existent, is very low in the mix. Yeah. I would say maybe there's music for 30% of the film. Yeah. If even. Yeah. And if so, when it's there, it's very low. Very soft. My goodness. It, and again, you know, good on you. You made a movie, but You why? made a movie. Why did you make this movie? Hey, you made a movie. 
Absolutely. So I wish our psychics were anything like this psychic. <laughs> oh my God, yes, yes. So <laughs> this psychic just like gives him a reading, but then immediately turns into like a goblin. Yeah, like she starts floating and she's she turns dark with glowing eyes. She's huge. She goes from being an ordinary sized human to like completely circular and uh, like, <laughs> right. a, like a balloon floating above him. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so then he immediately says, oh, I regret this. I shouldn't have done this. Yeah. How do I get out of I'm here? I'm going to leave. Yes. And then she's like, <laughs> no, you won't, my precious. But he's In not Adam's doing- voice. A voice nearly as good as even yeah. this thing I just shat out. You know what? I bet Carrie would do voices for you in your film, Adam. Oh, my God. I absolutely will recut as- History of the Kingdom of God, Adam. I will. You know what? If you ask us, we will provide new voices for your entire film. <laughs> yes, we will. Yes, we will. Free of charge. And guess what? We'll also do the boys and I'll do the girls. <laughs> Already an improvement. You know, take us up on it. Oh, my God. I would love that. <laughs> Adam, please. <laughs> anyway. Somehow he escapes anyways. Yeah, so he's trying to get out. And she's like, no, you won't. And she tries to grab his feet and pull him back like into her spell. And yeah, somehow he gets out. And I was saying to you, this is made by a person who has not once walked into like a new age bookstore. Of course not. No way. Yeah, because it's that that like I'm gonna try to make you afraid of something I haven't seen myself. <laughs> right. And here's how I picture it. Yeah, yeah. So then if you've seen it even once, you're like, oh. That's so nothing to be not... scared of because you are completely ignorant of Right, it. right. Yeah. Again, don't know the transition, but next thing you know, he's gotten out of there and there's this guy who's kind of like dressed like a G-man, you know, like some secret agent. And he pulls him aside and lets him know, hey man, you must be baptized in the spirit. Oh yeah, you need to be baptized with fire and water. According to John chapter 10. He's like, oh. Yeah, wow, okay. I've just for me. Yeah, now I'm experiencing all of this spiritual warfare all of a sudden. Yeah. Oh, we are tying into Bob Larson a little bit. Yeah. Actually, quite a bit. There's like a lot of demons in this. Yeah, there's so much theology here. And Jenny Chen is speaking directly to God. So this is, in a way, its own religion, this movie. Okay. And I'm its member. So then we have the Asian-American girl. And how is she connected to Andrew? Do they become friends later? Thank you for asking. They do become friends later. I don't think they're connected at this point. She is a... They meet on the mission trip? Yes. Okay. She is a musician. She's a singer. Yes. And her name, at this point, she's just being called Miss Chaw. Chaw's her last name. Okay. And so this this like music exec character, who's maybe her manager, who knows, he's telling her, oh, you know, your songs are too Christian. And if you really want to get ahead, you need to sort of abandon all of this Christian nonsense. And she's like, I can't. No, I can't do that. So she decides that her raison d'être is to go to Africa and be a missionary. Okay. Yeah. However it was, the agent was making it sound like she had to compromise on her good Christian morals if she wanted a career in music. Meanwhile, Adam Smith, a white man, is doing this woman's voice since she's supposed to be Chinese-American, and I'll let you imagine how that sounds. It sounds like that. And just like with the psychic, the warnings about the music industry are from someone who knows nothing about the music industry. <laughs> right. It's just like, I bet this guy would wear a gold chain and he'd tell you not to be Christian. Because there's plenty of successful Christian music artists. True. Okay, then my next note is fuckable pastor. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. How did we get there? I know at some point Andrew faints. Then his, oh yeah, he's woken up by his buddy Jonathan, who is there waiting for him to revive, and then takes him to this, I guess, fuckable pastor. C- Carrie finds this pastor character very attractive. I Yeah, I forget how this came up, but uh, he's just drawn in a... Like, I feel like you're supposed to be like, oh, this like hot older man pastor, but maybe he just reminds me of someone. I don't know who it is. Okay. Yeah. Well, this pastor, yeah, he's got, you know, like grayed hair and a, a beard, like a close shaven beard, mm-hmm. just if you want to know what Carrie is so attracted by. <laughs> and uh, he's giving this really impassioned sermon, but the way, Adam, you deliver this <laughs> is uh, there's kind of a fast-talking guy, sort of like this, and the, the Lord needs to change your life. And he needs to be, you, you need to have him in your soul. And it's, it's weird. It's like almost like a Elvis impersonation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah, yeah. almost oh, the vibe yeah. I got from it. Or, or like a the carnival barker who's like telling you which horses are going across that, you know that game with the horses where he's yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You're supposed to like the like the you shoot animals. At the, oh, okay. Yeah, and so there's like always a carnival parker who's just going like, and horse number three is in front of horse number two, and horse Half, number two takes halfway to being an auctioneer. Yeah. So that's kind of the delivery. It's so you have to really struggle to hear anything he's saying. Yeah. And and this is the most populated scene I think we've seen so far. There's like people in the pews. Yeah, and I I was trying to remember. Did they talk over each other at all, or did poor Adam have to just go like? Oh, I think, Adam, you've at least figured out how to like layer audio files. Yeah, good. Well done. You made a movie. So, yeah, there's a whole sermon. I'd have a hard time telling you what the gist of it was. But then I think Jonathan, the friend, pulls him aside and says, The pastor wants to train you. And and so I'm going to drive you to this training. And, hey, I can interpret dreams, so I'm going to interpret your dreams on the way. Yeah, it's so random. And it is delivered like that. The way you might be like, and on the way, we'll get a Diet Coke. It's like, no, by the way, I interpret I'll interpret your dreams. dreams. And so far, we haven't heard anything about you having dreams that need to be oh, interpreted. Imagine the nightmare if, like, you had to carpool with someone you hadn't met before. Like, say, you have a vaccine appointment tomorrow. Say, like, uh-huh. your next door neighbor's like, oh, can you take me out of a car? You're like, yeah, okay. And then he's like, oh, and by the way, I do team interpretation so I can interpret your dreams on the way. It would just be like, Yay. oh, no, the next hour and a half is going to be bad. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. So then I guess Andrew finally gets home and Tanya was worried about him. Tanya's the girlfriend. That's the girlfriend. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Andrew. That's how Tanya talks. She's oh, always very, Andrew. very uh, sad. Oh, Andrew. Why? You look so sad. Oh, he's real worried. So he walks in, he sees Tanya, and he... <laughs> He tells her that he's just been through the greatest transformation of his life, and she has no questions. She just receives this statement like, that makes sense. Sure, because we don't know how to hold an actual conversation with people having human reactions. (laughs) That's all I need to know. To things that are said. You just had the biggest transformation of your life? Well, that's nice. I just went to the movies. Like, <laughs> it's just as if it's just a detail of his day. And then uh, Andrew says, well, I want to talk to you about something. And she says, oh, I'm going out of town for a week. Sorry. 
<laughs> like, you're standing here right now. Have the conversation right now. And she was so upset because she was worried about him, but now she's got to run off suddenly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then next we're in a church with both of them. I don't yeah. know if she left and came back. I don't I don't know. No, but now they're at church. But Andrew gets this vision where he sees her cheating on him, I guess. Not doing anything sordid because this is a Christian film. But, you know, she's hanging out with and having a good time with Eric. And eating gelato. What? Eating gelato with another man? Yes. Now, gelato, this, this matters because- Does um, it? Yes, uh, sweet fruit-based desserts will come up again Okay, in this film. All right. Yeah, she, she quote-unquote cheats on him by going out for strawberry gelato with her quote-unquote friend, her male friend. But I'm pretty sure it is the blonde guy, Eric, whose name was written off of the seat in heaven. Totally possible. He's a bad guy. You shouldn't hang out with him. But Andrew has now been given the gift of sight so he can see this in his mind and knows and he lets her know like i see what you did i saw what you did you had strawberry gelato with that guy so now they're broken up yeah probably okay so next andrew joins a christian (laughs) missionary trip to africa Mm -hmm. and the uh the organization putting on this trip is called be a giant killer (laughs) yeah be a a giant killer. You're killing giants. But Carrie but first read this as like... There's no space between giant and killer and everything's the same size. And there's like, there's no, you know, there's not like a picture of David and Goliath. There, right, right. It just says on the side of every van that they drive. Be a giant be a killer. a giant killer. <laughs> That's the ministry. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. And I'm looking at my notes, and I know things happen, but I, <laughs> I, like, I can't understand how or why they happened. Totally. Apparently, the singer girl got discouraged, but then she saw a photo of her friends, and her faith was restored. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She <laughs> she couldn't decide whether to leave the music business and do this missionary trip. But these photos convinced and her. And then a photo fell off her wall, and when she picked it up, she was like, "This is a photo of me and my friends." God, I'm sorry I ever doubted you. <laughs> synchronicity okay so now they're joined together because andrew and maylin that's the singer's name they end up at this training camp together and it's a boot camp they're putting them through exercises but it's spiritual warfare it's a 40 day boot camp in in order to go to africa to deliver food and of course you know 40 is an important number in scripture Mm-hmm. And I, I'm sure Adam has uh, tried to put these kinds of notes in wherever he can. Mm-hmm. They get to Africa and immediately they run into this witch doctor. Yeah, they like barely get there. And he's wearing like a big mask and it's very much a caricature. Yeah, well, first the, uh, yeah, they, they get there, they hand out like two boxes of food and someone's like, oh, white people, I'm so glad you're here because <laughs> um, we've been dealing with this witch doctor for years now. And we were like, I hope some missionaries come sometime and deal with this for us. And at one point, one of the characters, I can't remember who, yells out about a legal right. And I go, have they been listening to Bob Larson? When it comes to, I'm sure he went online to research demon possession if he wasn't already watching Bob. Yeah, good point. Yeah. So they're going to have to cast out the demons out of the switch doctor. And uh, right around 
this period a character we've barely gotten attached to. Oh, yes, a, Dylan. A male character. Dillion, yes. D- Dillion. Yes. <laughs> Andrew and Dillion. It's D-I-L-L-I-O-N. <laughs> he he suddenly turns bad. He seems sort of like vaguely jealous of the others. Right. Yeah. He was there for the mission trip, but it seemed like he just wasn't as into it as everybody else. And he was like a little jealous that they were showing the power of God and he wasn't. But also seems to be in charge. But also has a gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also one of them has a gun. Like randomly. during the conf- <laughs> the confrontation with the witch doctor, he pulls out a gun and you're like, well, why is there a gun all of a sudden? What's going on? <laughs> Okay, so they do successfully find the witch doctor. Yes. And confront the witch doctor who's immediately like, oh no, these people are Christians. They're going to overpower me now. And for years I've been putting death and disease into the village. And this turns into a video game with a side quest because to defeat the witch doctor, (laughs) they have to go find... Four, Four artifacts. Amulets, yeah. Artifacts. These are little like floating heads. I don't know. It's like they have to find these little clay heads and destroy them. Yeah. And only then can they break his power. Right. And this is given to Andrew in a vision. That's how he knows he has to do that. And then they very quickly find all four. I would 100% watch this movie again with Bob Larson. Oh, yeah. I want to hear I'll his do commentary. whatever Bob Larson wants with Bob Okay, I'll do 95% of things that Bob Larson wants to do with Bob Larson. There we go. <laughs> and the gun does fire when they're like destroying amulets, but it's very quiet. I guess he couldn't yeah. buy an actual gunshot. Sound. Sound. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't just go. Psh, psh. <laughs> that would have been <laughs> as impressive. Okay, I have this down. Jonathan fights with the Holy Spirit? Jonathan. Jonathan is the African-American friend. Yeah, he fights with the Holy Spirit? I don't know. I wrote that down. Probably. But then after that, I wrote, Andrew has a gun. So who knows? I would believe it. One very important moment of the boss battle with the witch doctor yes. is that we learn that by speaking in tongues, which Andrew seems to do at the drop of a hat just fine, mm-hmm. uh, it creates like this physical protection shield around him. Yeah. And the spirit uh, that looks like a lion, this demon, has popped out of the witch doctor and it's roaming around seeking to destroy. And it can't affect Andrew because he's got... Right. And it does sound like this. Yeah, and he's got this glowing shield around him. And so the lion demon is totally frustrated and can't get him. Also, you just reminded me, and I know this is a dumb thing to be thinking about in this crazy movie. Yeah. But all of these people were wearing like three layers, like long sleeve shirts hmm. with button downs. And a sweater. And I was like, you're, you're in, in Africa. You're in Ghana. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're specifically in Ghana. Uh, yeah. And it's bright outside. This is not good a, good attire. Oh, there were snake demons. And bugs came out of the witch doctor's eyes. Oh, yes. That too. Oh, this is one of the weirdest transitions. So we're still in Africa. We're debriefing after this whole encounter with the demon. And so then, like, Dylan is... Dillian is mm-hmm. still... Uh, upset. He's got some jealousy and pride issues going on. Yes. I think he even admits to that. He's jealous of their powers because he can't he can't get the special shield or get rid of the witch doctor on his own. He's been there before and he's never been able to do these things. And then suddenly they say something like, Oh, we're running out of food. We should go to the delivery boat. We gotta go to the ship. And- we have never 
heard of the ship, you guys. <laughs> and now we're like in the middle of the ocean. It's not like it's dry docked or anything like that. No. And I don't know how we get to the ship. We are just on Suddenly the ship. Suddenly we and are it is, in the ocean and it's... It is afloat. We're far out in the ocean. We are on a cruise. <laughs> <laughs> like what, what? How is this an efficient way to retrieve food? And also both of them go, Andrew and Zillion, go to the ship even though it's clearly a one-person job. They're just retrieving grain or something. Well, and we get there and it's like... <laughs> There's a scuffle and Dillian runs away. He takes the lifeboat, the little dinghy with an outboard motor. So he races away and And leaves. And says something like, like, see you later, sucker. (laughs) Leaves Andrew by himself. Andrew gets knocked out by demons. The boat? There's a like an explosion on board. Okay, but I think there was also a demonic attack. <laughs> yeah, I mean the explosion was probably the least interesting thing happening, to be honest. <laughs> so so then it's like, okay, we're still puzzling. Why are we on the boat? And then like <laughs> he gets knocked out and he opens his eyes and he's on a desert island. Why are we on a desert island? <laughs> There's a little subtext that pops up and says 40 days later. (laughs) It's like, okay, we needed another 40-day period. Sure, he's tempted in the desert. Who knows? So then we see Mei Lin coming in a helicopter. She's got a helicopter. She's looking. (laughs) Well, I think she's a a passenger in the helicopter. Sure, but you know, like getting a rescue helicopter to go out and find your friend? Yeah, I don't know. So so she's she's in this helicopter. I was just struck by how quickly she's just like, looks to the right, looks to the left, looks to the right again. Oh, there's that barren island and my friend is just stretched out on it. That I have no way of knowing how to find. Yeah. So they they get down there. She finds Andrew. She finds out Dillian is dead. Oh, okay. I missed that. And then, oh goodness. Yeah. Another one of these like weird transitions. Suddenly... We find out that Andrew's sister is going to jail. Oh, it's Maylin's sister. Oh, that's right. This that's is my right. favorite exchange in the entire movie. <laughs> this is that the details are sad line. Yeah. So Andrew <laughs> and Maylin are talking. And I will say Andrew and Maylin have like some quasi romantic energy that never quite comes to fruition. Maybe because they're both voiced by the same person. <laughs> Perhaps. And so he's sitting and talking to her. They're having this heart to heart. And she just, I think kind of randomly says, my sister might go to prison. And he says, oh, no. Why? And she <laughs> says, the details are sad. <laughs> that's it that's the whole that's the story that's the conversation this is a movie where you say things like i just had the biggest transformation of my life and the other person's like i need to leave town i'm going on a trip now (laughs) (laughs) yeah but we did have like a little cutaway and we saw the sister and i think was she using drugs maybe she was using drugs and drinking yeah oh in fact she even says she breaks down crying and says i'm using drugs or something like that. Okay. Yeah. The next thing I have is that there's a woman that anoints Andrew with oil and a lot of freaking oil. Yeah, yeah. Andrew gets anointed with some healing oil that this looks is like ba- pea or honey. <laughs> yeah, and this is bad animation. So it's just this weird oil that kind of floats like a globular cluster in the air. It doesn't quite flow like oil. So yeah, yeah there's this big hunk of oil. Yeah. Gets- if anything, the closest thing it looks like is like animated honey. Yeah. Like coming out of Pooh Bear's pot. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's a lot. It's too much. Anyway, the point <laughs> is, if you're going to anoint people, don't just slather them with like a cup of olive oil. Like, we've all seen anointings. It's a little bit of oil. A little tiny bit. It's all you They're like need. emptying half a gallon on them. Yeah, it's too much oil. Okay. Just an acne problem is going to come out of that. Right. How do you clean that up off the floor? Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> this was the biggest problem with the movie. Someone tells him to sing his heart song. Yeah. So he gets a message. That he needs to sing uh, his heart song to God. And then he's like, okay, no problem. And then he pulls a ukulele out of his backpack that we've never known was there. Uh, And one of the strings is broken because it went from the United States to Africa. Sure. Um, And suffered a witch doctor battle (laughs) of Desert Island. But then he took it on this hike. And so he's like, oh, but God, the string is broken. And he's like, that's okay. Still sing to me. And then he sings a song. He sings a song. An atonal song called I Love You, Lord. Love you, Lord. Show me your glory. Love you, Lord. Oh, see, that's more notes. Oh, okay. I think it was fewer notes okay, than that. Okay. It's like I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Show me your glory. I love you, Lord. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, almost a chance. May your kingdom come. I love you, Lord. I think that's in Oh, there. okay. And of course, through this whole song, the score is incredibly low compared to both the vocals and even the foley art. Like a bird will pass over and you'll be like, oh, that's quite loud. And we've been cutting all over the place, but we haven't left Africa yet. Nope. Because now Andrew is emboldened. He's newly energized by God. And he goes into this mountain. Mm-hmm. He has this epic showdown with, I don't know if it's the same witch doctor as before. I guess some other African spirit. Yeah, I think it's someone else. With a different mask, but it's like a demon. And uh, yeah. he calls upon Jesus and he's victorious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the yeah. whole mountain comes like crashing down. Right, yeah. It just like crashes behind him as he leaves. I also want to point out, you said we're cutting all over. Yes. But you mean the movie's cutting all over. We're not doing this out of order, folks. This is the order of the movie. <sighs> yeah, we're just, I like, I have to assume there has to be some more logic to it. You know what, Ross, now that I think about it, Andrew is my best fiend. Is he? Yeah, I'm. It's, he's the person to whom I'm closest, and he's also a fictional character. It's a sad situation. Okay. Yeah. Well, if I had to choose a best fiend, I would say it is the popular phone game Best Fiends. Oh, yeah. I see how what I said made you think of that. Which yeah. is coincidentally named Best Fiends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good game. That's a game on the old cellular telephone. That's right. And, you know, when you need to blow off some steam... Just try playing Best Fiends. It's the top-rated mobile puzzle adventure game. Okay. I've That's be- right. The top-rated mobile puzzle adventure game. It is all those things. Mm-hmm. I've been busy, Carrie. I've been playing, and uh, I am now... Last time, I don't know if you remember, I think I was at 1739. Oh, geez. Okay. Where do you think I am now? Well, how long ago was that? Oh, that's a good question. Maybe a month ago? Okay. I'm going to say you're at... 2006. Okay. 1912. Okay. Like the year the Titanic went down. Interesting. So I mentioned last time my friend code, Mm -hmm. uh, 2350912, and a bunch of people added me. So I've got a bunch of friends now. They're sending me gifts every day. Thank you to all my new friends. Apparently, you can only have 20 requests at a time. So I maxed out a few times. If you tried to friend request me before... Try again if I didn't get you. But yeah, now there are people ahead of me. Look at all these people oh, no. that are ahead of me. 
you overachievers. Uh, there are plenty of people behind me as well. And I don't know, maybe some people are just hanging out with me like, I'm going to keep up with Ross. But uh, yeah, now I've got a bunch more friends Aww, in the game. I got a bunch of fiends. Yeah, at least 100 new people have uh, joined my ranks on this game. So um, sweet. well met, everybody. And yeah, it's, it's super fun. It's a puzzle game and there's all kinds of things to achieve and little quests. And right now I'm on an Easter themed one, so I'm earning eggs Ooh. towards the egg word hunt. That's fun. Uh, yeah. You know that game has 100 million downloads? That's wild. That's a lot of downloads. And you know, with Best Fiends, there's something new today and tomorrow and every day after that into eternity. There are literally thousands of levels to play, as you know, That's and true. counting. Mm-hmm. Plus, there's tons of cute characters to collect. So if you never get tired of solving puzzles, good news. With Best Fiends, the fun never ends. Never ends. Well, when you say it that way. <laughs> So download Best Fiends free today on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. I wonder if Julie Smoothies holds up her breasts. We have mentioned her at this point. I don't know. Okay. I guess it depends on where you put it. Okay. Should I not? Uh, No, go ahead. Okay. I wonder if Julie Smoothies holds up her breasts with a third love bra. Probably. It's the kind of sensual, earthly thing she would do. Wearing a bra at all. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. (laughs) Yeah. And But also, third love's great. You know what I mean? No, actually, I think from the the film's perspective, a woman who doesn't wear a bra, she would be the wanton harlot. Good point. So you know what? Be a good... Non Julie smoothies and wear a bra if you want to. If you want to, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because listen, Third Love uses the measurements of millions of people to design bras in over eighty sizes with all day comfort and support. That's right. And Third Love is changing the game when it comes to comfort and style for all of your everyday essentials, from loungewear and wireless styles to their number one rated twenty four seven classic T shirt bra. They're creating the ultimate shopping experience. And they're like a personal shopper for your boobs. Their fitting room quiz focuses on size, breast shape, current fit issues, and your personal style to deliver bras and underwear that are perfect for you, whether you're Julie Smoothies or Ross Smoothies. The fitting room has helped 18 million people find their true bra size, and you, listener, you could be next. And we've talked about them on the show. They are well-made bras. They've got the non-slip straps. Yeah, they've oh, got that's the, my favorite thing. Yeah, they've got the tagless labels. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. As someone who often has to say, "Let me tuck that in for you." Yep, you don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. And I really like the texture of the bras. They're just they're very nice and smooth. Not too. I don't know. They're not like trying to do too much. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. like you're under my clothes. I don't need you to be. They come in. They get the job done they... efficiently. Then they mm-hmm. leave. Though... Underwear. It gets the job done. <laughs> Though they have some fancier styles. As well. They do. That's true. Whatever you're looking for, they probably got it. Give it a try. And Third Love knows your one true fit is out there. So right now they're offering our listeners 20% off your first order. Whoa. So go to thirdlove.com slash oh no now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 20% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash oh no for 20% off today. Okay, so next we get to Mei Lin and her mm-hmm. sister. Mm-hmm. And so her sister exclaims, I'm on drugs. Yes. And Mei Lin says, what happened to you? You used to be so clean. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so she has her sister say the sinner's prayer. Yep. And which sisters- is, as all the Christians and former Christians know, that's how you get saved. 
And oh, the sister's name is Meredith. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and then suddenly there's a demon that comes out. He has green eyes. Oh yeah, because sure. nothing can just happen. There has to be like a demon that springs out of nowhere, right? And suddenly turns this into some big drama. Yeah. So then we also find out, but now we know why Meredith is going to prison. The details of which are sad. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so Meredith has been committing donation fraud by accepting donations for some charity she's not actually giving it to or doesn't actually do good work. And now knowing that this is released by an objectivist foundation, this is making all the more sense. It's like you shouldn't donate to people. That's They're just going to take advantage of you. Right, right. These shiftless people who aren't pulling themselves up by their bootstraps. Right. Okay, is Meredith at all connected to Julia? Uh, You mean Julie? Oh, is it Julie? Okay, Okay, yeah. Oh, Uh, oh, you're right, Julie. Right. Julie smoothies. How could I get that wrong? Okay. Well, just to underscore that point, after there's a, a big court battle in heaven. Yes. And and she's declared Oh, innocent. cleansed and innocent. That's right. Okay. So that happens. Her saying the sinner's prayer turns into this big celestial battle. And then Jesus argues for her and she is innocent. She's cleansed. Okay. Yes. But then also says... I think this means that you will be innocent in the earthly court as well. Good luck with that. And then, yeah, I mean, that's what I would think, too. I would be skeptical if I hadn't seen it with my own eyes, Ross. But she goes back down to earth. She goes to her hearing in court. And the judge is like, you are innocent. And there's no explanation for why this happens, but it must be because of Jesus. I'll be darned. Okay. So now, again, apropos of nothing, because this whole film is apropos of nothing, (laughs) Andrew is back in the U.S., and he meets Julie, and she on runs- On the plane. It's on the plane back for- Okay. Well, now this film makes more sense. <laughs> and so he meets this- uh, Young woman. Young gal. She seems great. She's pretty. She sounds kind of like Her- him, but <laughs> they can get over that. Drawn with the biggest boobs in the movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Pretty big boobs. Yeah, so she's all- She's flirty with him as they're sitting next to each other on the plane, and but she's like- oh, like, this is great. He found someone. They can have a relationship. Yeah. And like you can tell that we're supposed to find her creepy or overbearing or something. More so over time. But she's totally normal. Yeah, she's just like, oh, hi, Andrew. Oh, you were in Africa. That's so cool. And it's a very fast character development. Like, oh, and I own an orphanage. I take care of the orphans. Here are her two jobs. (laughs) She runs... A smoothie shop in the United States. Julie's Smoothies. But she owns... An orphanage <laughs> in Africa. Oh, all right. Yes, and her smoothie shop is called Julie Smoothies. Not Julie's Smoothies, Julie Smoothies. And she's also wearing apple earrings that I think signify that she is the temptress. Oh, God, should have given it away to me. Because I thought, oh, she seems nice. She's got an orphanage and a smoothie shop. I'm sure this movie turns around at this point. (laughs) It's like, why is any of this happening? It's all so weird and random. But then I think Andrew sees Jesus in a dream, and he's told that you will train my seven brides. Oh, that sounds right. That was... (laughs) Weird scene. So yeah, there's going to be, like, this is where we start introducing the actual end of the world plot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so there, I guess God needs this crack team of seven brides, mm-hmm. quote unquote, who are going to be his main warriors in the end. Oh, yeah. So that's the first part of the movie title you saw on the poster. Right. Yeah, and, okay. you know, the church is the bride of Christ. Sure. Of course, but of course. I don't remember this particular uh, strike team being mentioned in the Bible. 
And then something about he preaches to two blonde kids. I think Andrew spends some time. Suddenly he's really energized and now he's like a leader. And yeah, he preaches to other people. Yeah, that sounds right. (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah. He starts being what appears to be like a youth pastor or something. I know one of the kids in his care. Look, folks, this is confusing. Is named Ethan. Watch the film. See if you can describe it any better than we're doing. Adam. Write a summary for us. Yeah. Then he's at home and he gets a call on his cell phone from Julie. Julie Smoothies. First yes. name Julie, last name Smoothies. I, I guess that's just what he put in the phone. Yeah, which is relatable. Sure. I, I'll put, you know, like Emma Groundlings and then years later be like, what? Oh, this is a person I met at the Groundlings. I'm very proud of one of my Pokemon Go friends who is Chipotle Lady. Because she was standing in front of me in line at Chipotle. And she's like, oh, here, add me. So I did. And now we give each other gifts. And she's Chipotle lady. Aw, that's nice. I hope she's listening. Oh, no, I don't. Only if she knows Adam Smith and she's in the same room. So Julie calls and invites Andrew to smoothies. Okay. So logical. once, once again, though, women tempt. Men with their seductive. Oh, this is your fruity, fruity treat. Okay, gelato and smoothie. So this is weird, and I think I think this is going to be a much clearer explanation of what is very confusing in the film. But essentially, she serves him the smoothies at her own smoothie shop, and then asks asks him to give her his credit card. I'm not sure whether it's to pay for the smoothie or to make a donation. Okay. It's to pay for the smoothie, but then she says, oh, and do you want to make a donation while you're paying for the smoothie? Because that's kind of an automatic thing in the system. I'm so glad you understood that. (laughs) So she runs the card, and then as he's saying like, eh, she says, oh, no, I already put it through. I can cancel it if you want. And he's like, oh, you know, it's... It's okay. It's fine. But she's charged him $100. $100 added donation. This On is, like a $5 smoothie. This is like Trump with his supporters. Did you hear that news story? Mm-mm. It turns out that when people had gone to support Trump and donate, say, 20 bucks, there were these little check boxes down below. And if you weren't careful, it signed you up for a monthly recurring donation. Oh, and then it, then it changed it automatically to weekly. And so, yeah, oh, people whoa. people who intended to give him $20, $20, yeah, instead ended up finding out, I've given him $500. Oh, no. That's terrible. Good job. He's a con artist. Yes, he is. Yeah, so she, quote unquote, accidentally runs his card for a donation. Also, in this scene, I was so distracted by this. Their fingers look so infected. Both of them. <laughs> like, the hands are like. I didn't even notice this. Yeah, his hands are like lily white. Hers, I think hers are too. I think she's supposed to also be Caucasian. And then where the cuticle is, where you would want to put a little shading. Yeah. It looks like blood has rushed to the tips of these fingers. Oh, I all 20 this. of them. Wow. Yeah. It was like, what happened to them? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Okay. Infected fingers. Um, So then Julie also says, well, God loves a cheerful giver. (laughs) So I still, I was still taken in by her wiles. I thought she was a good orphanage runner, maybe just a little overly zealous with that whole donation. Because that was, that that seemed very deceptive. Like, whoa, what, what are you doing there? Yeah. Okay. That's weird. Then he's back at church leading his congregation. Julie calls again and is like, oh, I'm so sorry, Andrew. 
I ran your card for $100 <laughs> again somehow. Do you want me to cancel it? And we see his fist clench. And he's like, oh, no, it's it's okay. And she's like, oh, thank you, Andrew. This is like trying to describe a dream. <laughs> it is. <laughs> We're like, okay, so so it was my mom, but not my it mom. Wasn't my, it, and she, I knew it was she my kept, mom. She kept charging me $100 for an <laughs> orphanage in Africa, even though she also owns a smoothie shop. <laughs> Trust me, it was so weird. <laughs> then Andrew, he's starting to catch on. He's like, something's up here. So yeah. at night, he's laying in bed and he prays for clarity on who Julie Smoothies is. And the spirit of Julie Smoothies visits him in the form of like a demon ghost black cloud thing. Yeah, lots of those going on in this film. Then he's like, I see Julie Smoothies is the devil. And so he fights her with his glossolalia bubble. Speaking in tongues. Yeah, that helps. And a sword made of light that appears. Good. And uh, yeah, it turns out her master is Satan and she was trying to take his money. Mm-hmm. So uh, good thing the Lord revealed that to him. This is also yeah. relatable to lived experience. So then Ethan, one of the young men from the congregation, yeah. uh, calls. Maybe this is the next day. I don't know. But he calls and tells Andrew, I've been hanging with a bad crowd and I need you to come help me. Oh, yeah. He's at the basketball court. Yeah. Okay. And so then the next thing we see, like, cut to Andrew being beat up on the ground of a basketball court. They're, like, <laughs> kicking these bad him in dudes. the face. We do find out that his last name is Job. Yeah, J-O-B-E. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and Ethan, the kid, is several feet away, like crying and is like, oh, my God, please stop beating up my friends. He came to rescue me from you. And then he took my place. Exposition. So then suddenly, I guess because he got beat up, I'm not sure. But now he's in heaven. He goes up to heaven. It's like this weird sort of fever dreamy event where, yeah, he goes up to heaven briefly. And there's like what you and I both identified as several stocks of pancakes. <laughs> Right, I forgot about that. Yep, yep. I, it looks. I don't know when that was supposed to be. Mana. Like, it looks like. Adam, yeah, what was that? Because it's depicting all of this kind of Jewish temple architecture. You could tell they're trying to recreate all of that from the Old Testament descriptions and probably Revelation. And yeah, there are these pancakes. <laughs> what? A stack of pancakes. And yeah, yeah, like a tall stack. We're not talking a short stack here, people. And this is very much leavened bread, you know, these pancakes. Yeah. Uh, oh, my goodness. I don't know what was up so with that. It was so strange. We were both, I think, in unison, like, is that pancakes? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds pretty good. Nothing surprises us at this point, except the fact that at 8.51, we are far into this movie. <laughs> The other car in front of us drives Please. away, leaving us alone as the only people watching this movie. Which, of course, cracks us up. And they dutifully, you're not supposed to have your, you know, your lights on. So mm-hmm. they just drive out their lights off. Just like, if we die, we die. We're leaving now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god uh, but now there's no one in front of us so that's nice thank goodness next scene they're visiting Jackie a character we've never met I think who's in a coma is this before or after we see Andrew tied up on the cross was that <laughs> I don't even remember that okay well he was <laughs> <laughs> I think that was during the heaven scene oh yeah and he's like apologizing to God that he failed him 
but it turns out this was just a test. I think the whole Julie smoothie thing was a test. I must have been distracted by the people leaving. Anyways. Okay. Jackie is in a coma. Okay. And it's because she didn't take her mental health medicine. Okay. Yep. That's all I know. So then he prays over her and then he also prays the demons out of the guys who beat him up on the basketball court. I can't remember where this happens, but they sing on a bench. Like he says, you need to sing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And these creepy, creepy looking children start singing. And the little girl. And again, this is all you, Adam Smith. The little. Right. The little girl singing, God, you are my God. Yeah, God, you are my God. And it's not some song we've ever heard before. Yeah. You know, you think he could use just like a, a hymn that we've all heard yeah. before. But no, no. she's singing I her I think own. these are supposed to be like hand-delivered from God songs. Okay, well, you could do better, God. And so she's singing, God, you are my God. And then all of a sudden, like these massive demons come out and she fights them off. It's like, oh, what is yeah, happening? Yeah. See, that's not even sticking out in my memory. This is the kind of movie where that can happen and you don't remember. Okay, now the Antichrist appears in this story. Oh, yeah. His name is David Prince. And he <laughs> so wants... if you ever hear, oh, my God, I'm going to look up whether there's a David Prince. We got to watch out for him. He wants us all to get vaccinated, of course. Mm-hmm. And you got to get this chip or you can't buy food. So, yeah, we get a little bit of anti-vaccine Uh-oh. propaganda here. Honorable David Prince, the fourth judicial district judge of the Colorado Judicial Branch. A.K.A. the Antichrist. Mm-mm-mm-mm. You want to um, see him? I mean, he looks nice. He looks nice. But looks can be deceptive. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, he'll be charging you $100. So David Prince, as the Antichrist, has risen to, as you say, tell everyone to get vaccines, making that mandatory, and installing chips in everybody. I, I really don't feel like we've laid the groundwork here uh, no. in the film, but mm-hmm. all of a sudden now we're just in full end times mode. That's right. Yep. You didn't the, miss anything. The events of the end times are just happening. Adam and, was like, let's skip ahead a little. There's a giant golden statue. There's a slogan saying, free ID implants. Because, mm-hmm. you know, that's the thing, the mark of the beast. Yeah, for those who didn't grow up in the church but are in the room with Adam Smith, <laughs> in, in Revelation, they talk about the Antichrist, of course, and also the mark of the beast. And popular Christian culture has interpreted this to mean a chip mm-hmm. that is implanted into your skin that you have to have in order to do any sort of commerce. Yep. And we're, and so all the time Christians are waiting for this any sign of this to happen. And now some people think it's the COVID-19 vaccine, which doesn't even totally make sense. And they're not putting it in your forehead or the back of your right hand. And you is, don't need it to do commerce. Which is where the mark of like the beast is supposed to be. Go to a baseball game. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's becoming mandatory. And very quickly, we're seeing scenes of like churches being shot up yep. and like mass shooting events. Yep, and just blood pouring out everywhere on the, the streets and meteors falling on the planet. Huge Bible burning ceremonies. And then we get all the revelation imagery of the seals being unlocked And it's really weird, Mm -hmm. like, the way they've depicted this in the film. Someone's holding a scroll, and there's these wax seals, and they just kind of, like, rotate on the scroll, and that's them getting unsealed. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make any sense. You got angels flying around, and they're spilling the bowls of plagues upon the earth. And we see a hospital scene where everyone's coughing. And, like falling down in the halls and I think that was supposed to be COVID not sure you can tell us Adam I don't know but Carrie yelled COVID 
going to happen. <laughs> I think it's COVID. And then we start getting images of hell and the tribulation. So, oh, yeah. And the like the beast being thrown in. It's just People so are, fractured. You're like, what is happening it, here? People are drinking blood. And I just picture this Taiwanese studio wondering, what What are we doing? What is this? <laughs> Why does he want this? And I, I wonder what was sent to them. Like, did they get a script? Did they get storyboards? But they've got to be looking yeah. at this going, I, I guess that's what they want. Yeah. I don't know. Just send them this and see what happens. Oh, they liked it. Okay. Wow. Uh, okay. Well, if they're happy, we're happy. <laughs> and then we hear a King of Glory song. Oh, yeah. Those are good. Yeah. Um... All the angels, of course, singing to God. Yep. Okay, so now we see three of our heroes, Andrew, Maylin, and Jonathan, and mm-hmm. they've made it to heaven. Yay. And so they're all in a row, knelt before Jesus, and Jesus is going to give them jobs in heaven. Because mm-hmm. Andrew's like a badass. He was one of the brides of Christ. He's been around, you know, like helping do all the sword work for God. So now he's yeah. at exalted status. And so now that he's, this is a thing also that I think a lot of people don't realize if they didn't grow in the church is that the legend has it that if you get to heaven, you have like a job there. You do a thing there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Jesus gives them all jobs and like, Maylin, it's to watch the children. She's a girl. I forget what Jonathan's is. And then Andrew comes up and Andrew is like, Jesus, how are you? <laughs> oh, I'm fine. How are you? And they just make small talk. Small talk with Jesus. For like five or six seconds. After he's been killing demons and <laughs> spreading blood all over the place. Like, hey, Jesus, how are you doing? pretty good and then he asks him <laughs> if he's older than abraham or younger something like that no okay. oh man i think it might have been supposed to be a joke but hard to tell in this movie then they all start visiting one another in hologram cubes <laughs> i forgot about the hologram cubes where did those come from why know. what does that mean i didn't even understand i was like i, I didn't <laughs> I now there's like little versions of themselves like in yeah. hologram mode yeah why? Why? I don't know. And then Jonathan tells them that unfortunately Dillion, the fake Christian. Oh, oh. and don't don't forget <laughs> there's another little caption that lets us know a thousand years later. Oh right. That's right. So we, we just shoot forward a thousand years. <laughs> I mean honestly, thank God. Why not? Um so <laughs> Dillion <laughs> while they're still in the little cubes we get a little bit of news so Maylin says hey where's Dillion we haven't seen him in forever and and Jonathan says oh you know what I asked God about him and it turns out he didn't make it he didn't make it to heaven and they're both like oh no and then Andrew's like hold on leaves like exits frame there's just a few seconds of sort of dead air and he comes back and he's like i just also asked god he said he didn't make it to heaven okay and then we get a shot of the book of life or maybe it's the book of death i don't know but dillian's name shows up in it it turns out his last name is ross Ross. Um, so normally i you know i always remember hearing about the book of life your name needs to be written there but his name is written in this book and that's a bad thing right so he goes to hell he was not a real christian he was too proud he was taking people to africa repeatedly on his mission trips he had a gun he was jealous i think andrew had the gun did he really i think so i believe you (laughs) i'm not positive but i think so uh, who knows, though? Someone with red hair. 
So then our leads get to go from their weird hologram version of heaven to like actual heaven. They yeah, they do. get a little tour. Yeah, and they're doing this atonal humming together as they enter heaven. Mm-hmm. But we also see everybody who's going to hell just dropping into a fiery pit and we're supposed to just feel fine about it. Mm-hmm. And then at the end they say, praise be to Jehovah God. Yeah, and I think they flash John 3, 5. Jesus answered, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. I got that re- reference at least before it disappeared from the screen. Good job. Whoo! What a film. What a film. What a film. I hope that made any sense to you because at least we well, have made it. We have the recollection of what we were watching and still it's so confusing. Well, Ross, here's the good news. It's not the only movie Adam Smith has been involved in. Oh? Yes. So Adam Smith, if you look him up on IMDb. As Carrie did. Deep, deep reference here. He was also in a movie called The Story in 2012. And in 2012, it appears he would have been a little boy because I believe he's like 20. So I... Went and looked at for the story. The story was nowhere to be found. What? You couldn't watch it? At first, no. So I had to go back into the archive of the internet and find the person who had put up the story originally and then follow the tracks. And anyway, I finally found what this movie was. It's my, by a guy named David Youngren, who's a Christian motivational speaker type guy. Okay. Who also owns an orphanage in Africa. Oh, Okay, seeing a connection here. And he used to have a movie called The Story, but now the only version you can see is half as long, and it's called The Story Recut. And although it does mention an Adam Smith in the credits, that person is not in the film. Oh, so there was some falling out. I theorize that Adam Smith and David Youngren had a fight. And still mad about whatever happened, Adam Smith has made his vengeance movie wherein a character representing David Youngren goes to hell for not being cool enough on his mission trips. That is my theory. Did I email David Youngren? Yes. Did he email back? No. Would I reply to that email? No. (laughs) You got to tell us, Adam. Did we get that right? Yeah. Is Carrie uh, on the money there? Well, that's one way to get revenge. Make a movie and cast the other person as the villain in that film. I would be so honored. Yeah. That's if like the Raelians made a movie and the villains were like That is the like best form Russ of a compliment. Kari. Oh yeah. And yeah. we were like these big monstrous demons or something. Oh my god. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Flattering. But I have heard from Adam. But I will tell you about having heard from Adam before I tell you about the coup de gras. Yes. My interaction with Adam. Smith. I'd like to call in. We all know him. We all love him. He's the movie guy. He's box office Drew. Box office Drew. <laughs> Woo! Coming in from his own bedroom in Hollywood, California. Maybe asleep. Is he asleep? Do we have to talk louder? Woo! Box Come office in. Drew. <laughs> From the other room. Box Office Drew. Box Office Drew, welcome to Ona, Ross, and Carrie. 
thanks for having me and hello uh box office fans what's a what an exciting time at the movie theaters it really is it really is it's been an unprecedented year unprecedented year unprecedented weekend um godzilla versus king kong uh but it's the box office that's roaring back to life and a monster of its own um congratulations to our fan friends at warner brothers this monster caper broke core oh, oh you're thinking of the wrong film yes yes i know oh okay godzilla versus king kong broke pandemic quarantine record grossing over 30 million dollars this whoa weekend some some experts are saying the movie theater experience is back and that's an incredible number considering that you can also see godzilla vs king kong on hbo max uh currently so that's, oh, wow. that's that it's it's officially the big winner of the weekend and Many people are saying that movie theaters are back as a result, but I understand we're talking about Mysteries of the Kingdom of God. Yeah, that's maybe the number two film, or three? No. Or five? No. Eight? No. Twelve? No. Okay, how's it doing? What's wrong with you? You you saw the film. (laughs) You know, I I have some numbers. I I pulled up the numbers. I'm going to tell you the numbers. Now, Box Office Drew, just for a little context, we should let you know, we are making this episode specifically for Adam Smith, the maker of Mystery of the Kingdom of God, um, and we've asked everyone else not to listen, to go ahead and turn this off if they are not Adam Smith. Understood. Okay, well, Adam, hello. Last weekend, as you know, I don't even know if I should bother with this presentation, because you probably know all this already, Adam. With a big box office weekend winner for March... 26 2021 was the uh bob odenkirk action comedy uh not a comedy uh nobody it's not a comedy it's a real action movie uh it's uh, in the vein of uh, john wick and that that one with six million eight hundred and twenty dollars oh six million okay yeah so that, that is mystery of the kingdom of god should be somewhere in that range right no um oh. so you know that was a you know not quite the 30 something million of uh kong v godzilla this was the opening weekend of mystery of the kingdom of god and that made $12,245 at 106 theaters for an on-screen average of $116. Oh, wow. Per day? That was the weekend average. Now, what day did we see the film, Carrie? I think it was... March 27th or 28th? 27th was the second day it was in theaters, and it made $4,000 that day. For a theater average of thirty nine dollars, Ross- and this is gross, not net. This is this is the uh, this is the gross. Yes. So we saw it on April first. So it it had already by from week one to week two dropped from one hundred and six to twenty four of theaters. Okay. So the gross on. April first. Oh, oh wow! Oh, like there had been a hundred plus screens, and now it was twenty something screens. That's correct. Oh wow! Wow! Um, Precipitous. April first gross was six hundred and fifty eight dollars. Oh no! Uh, we were a significant portion of its take on that day. Yes. I I personally am a big part of Adam Smith's fan base in general. 
And uh, on Monday, April 5th, you know, we were talking about the, the uh, weekend being a big box office weekend, uh, the biggest pandemic gross with uh, Godzilla versus King Kong. Yeah. Um, it made at 15 screens, which then became on Saturday 12 screens, which then became Sunday 11 screens. It made a grand total of approximately $700 or so. Oh. Yeah. I it's like 750 $763. Yeah. Actually, uh on a per screen basis, that's a little better. They're circling the wagons. Well, let's see here. On that Friday, the average was $26. Then it came back up to $46. And then on Sunday, its on-screen average was $19. Oh. Oh, wow. Okay. Congratulations once again to the big box office winner, Godzilla vs. King Kong. Oh, yeah. do, do we know what the production budget was? Is there any way to know? Of Mysteries of the Kingdom of God? Yeah. No, not to my knowledge, yeah. Yeah, Adam, let us know. You might have to fill us in on that gap in our data. Because, I mean, even recording your own voice, doing your own scratch, still that had to cost a pretty penny. Paying those animators. Get all that animation done. Yeah, yeah. animation's not easy or cheap. Well, uh, Box Office Drew, what was your favorite part of Mystery of the Kingdom of God? My favorite part of the film was in when they were doing their outreach program in Africa and the character of Andrew pulls out of a gun, uh, which... <laughs> Where did the gun come yeah, from? Yeah, <laughs> it was unclear at that point Andrew's age, <laughs> what, what, how he got a gun into Africa. Everyone else just seemed fine with it, that he was just shooting it indiscriminately. <laughs> right, and it's really, right. ta- it's really treated as pretty normal in the film. And the ages are so hard to tell, because I would have thought from looking at the character visually... That he was in his teens. Oh yeah, I thought he was like an like thirteen year old until like they established he had a living girlfriend who was not the mother. Oh, I don't think she lives with. Oh, maybe she does live with him. Oh, oh living I don't in even know. sin. Yeah, that's a good point. But thirteen also would be about the age at which. Adam Smith was in the story. Hmm. Just put that out there. Thank you so much, Box Office Drew. Thank Yay. you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Box Office Drew, always so informative. Mm-hmm. Always such a catch. Indeed. I don't know if we remarked on this, but I, I do love that this movie twice deals with donation fraud. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. It really so feels like. So you know like, that's a sticking issue for Adam. Yeah, And maybe for Atlas distribution. Hmm. So I wrote to Atlas Film Distribution and was like, hey, like, who's doing media for this thing? Who can I talk to? Because Adam Smith has only done one interview on one podcast, which is an interesting listen, if anyone's interested. It was on the Charisma Podcast Network, and that's where he explains that he started this movie when he was in high school and then uh, he met Jenny Chen, and she had all these special messages from God, and that helped him really refine his story. Ah, if I'm thinking of the right outfit, Charisma is a, a Christian magazine that's like for the holy roller crowd. Oh, that makes sense. I don't know. It's just Charisma Podcast Network, which I don't know if that's... I know something I was not. really curious about was because they mentioned Jehovah God, 
my first thought was, oh, Jehovah's Witnesses, but I don't think they're known for speaking in tongues. Yeah. So I was trying to figure out, you know, what exactly is the brand of Christianity that we're dealing with here? And I, I think it's just your kind of generic evangelical Christian. Non-denominational. Yeah. I think that's right, except that I also think Jenny Chen might be sort of starting her own thing, whether she knows that's what she's doing or not. Oh. You know what I mean? Oh. Because she is getting special messages from God. And how do I know? Because Adam talks about it. But also... Because I have received an email with a message oh. from God. Okay. The email came from Hidden Things Media. Now, Hidden Things Media is listed as the production company that made Mystery of the Kingdom of God. Oh, yeah. They said that at the head of the film, Hidden Things Media. Yes. Now, I happened to already know that Hidden Things Media was dissolved in 2019 and is no longer a company. And okay. the only person who worked for it was Jenny Chen. That's pretty hidden. <laughs> well, it's in a, a Secretary of State business search, but yes. So I get this, this email from Hidden Things Media on March 31st okay. that says, Hi, Carrie. It is a crime to take video at the theater of the film. We saw you videotaped our film and posted it on your Twitter account. Then they linked to my Twitter account for me. We urge you to remove several videos about our film from your Twitter account or any other social media account immediately. Legal action will be taken after this warning. If you refuse to comply, you may face prison time and a fine. The below statutes are for your reference. And the statutes are like mostly about enforcement as you're recording mm. not about like publishing them but anyway so i wrote back an hour later on march 31st and said hi jenny and adam your company was dissolved in 2019 but you're still using its name to send emails like this what's going on there are you asserting that a defunct business voluntarily dissolved owns the copyright to this film and why is adam totally absent from the internet who funded this movie exactly how did it end up in theaters across the country are you affiliated with a particular church did Atlas Films distribute this movie for a fee? Who owns the film at this point? Thanks, Carrie. These are good questions. Thank you. So two days later, they write back. Hi, Carrie. If you take advantage of one's film clips by posting a cam recording of the film from the theater on your social media platform, it is equivalent to stealing someone's bread, regardless of the size of the bread. Oh. If you get caught, you must pay sevenfold that could be a lot of bread if the film is worth one hundred dollars then you may end up paying seven hundred dollars even if it cost all your wealth how much more what this film actually costs there are earthly statutes like federal and state laws and its enforcement in the u.s likewise we have heavenly statutes and heavenly enforcements but the heavenly statutes are enforced by angels uh-oh the result of enforcement is in Deuteronomy 28, 15 to 68. We pray you will not fall under God's curses of disobedience. We also urge you to take wise action and remove these videos from your social media. We pray that you do the right thing to please the Most High God, the Lord Jesus Christ. And here's my favorite part. We heard from the Lord Jesus Christ the following Bible verses concerning the matter. Oh, so this is what Jesus has to dispensation. say to me. Dispensation, yeah. Quote: People do not despise a thief if he steals to satisfy his hunger when he is starving. Yet if he is caught, that's bolded, he must pay sevenfold, bolded, though it cost him all the wealth of his house. 
That's from Proverbs. And for we know him who said, it is mine to avenge. I will repay. Mm, I was waiting for that verse. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a dreadful bolted, thing to fall into the hands of the living God. That's from Hebrews. Wow. This is a warning. Kind regards, the Hidden Things <laughs> media team. Kind regards. Wow. Okay. And I like that there's the threat of a curse in there. And I wonder, when do they leave the curse? Do they have it like on their calendar? If we don't hear back from Carrie by X day, we will convene and pray a curse upon her. Have they done it already? Or is it, are they just leaving it to God to do? Yeah. Also, you didn't answer any of my questions. Sure. Who even is sending this email? Yeah. Well, Hidden Things Media doesn't exist. But I'll tell you what, if they just write back and tell me who owns the movie, I'm happy to take it off my Twitter. That's that's fine. But okay. listen, Adam, please talk to us. Yeah. I want to have you on the show. Your movie was such a delight. <laughs> it really was. It was We so were confused, good, but, but we so were good. delighted. Yeah. And if it were at Chino Hills, we might even drive to see it again. Yeah. So we're hoping it comes out on some sort of platform where we can check it out and our listeners can check it out i bet they're curious now yeah i'll be honest with you guys this episode isn't for adam smith and i hope he never hears it <laughs> it was just a bit it's so just a bit. so we hope you're still here but i guess you are if you're listening <laughs> that was something that was something else and i went online to look at letterboxd and other places and people were leaving brutal reviews which were kind of fun to read yeah there is one lady on the Facebook page who just oh, loved, loved it. this movie. Oh, yeah, you sent me that. She had taken her son to see it. Yeah, poor George. And then you clicked through and saw that she had caught George being terrible online. Yeah, uh, sending pictures of his genitals to people. She didn't know he was like this. And She's taking his internet away. They're going to go to church all the time now. And this yeah. was, uh, I think she revealed that after he had seen mystery of the kingdom of god i think that's right so hopefully god convicted him of his evils yeah oh poor george but i'm glad the movie has a film it is deserved and if you do see this movie playing near you go and see it (laughs) if you can do so safely so thanks for following us on this very obscure uh film review I guess that's what this was. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's also, I mean, we joined the religion of Jenny Chen and Adam Smith, so you don't have to. Well, and I think there's something about pious filmmaking that I find fascinating and why it precludes good art. Because I think that mm-hmm. good art deals in, uh, th- this isn't like an um, all-encompassing definition of art or anything, but I think, you know, like good storytelling, the films that stick with you and stick to your ribs, they deal in the the gray areas and the uncertainties of life, and they yeah. leave you with maybe even a conflict to kind of work out in your mm-hmm. own head. So you kind of walk away going, oh, wow, okay, I can kind of see it both ways. Interesting. Yeah. Where do I fall on that? Whereas Pius filmmaking is just serving up a platter of, here's the truth. Here it is. Eat mm-hmm. it. Eat it. Mm-hmm. This is the truth. And like, you know, you're trying to turn your head like, hold on, I want to look at it a different way. Nope. Nope. The platter yeah. gets like right in front of your lips. Eat it. <laughs> eat it. Eat it. And very pleasing to the people who already agree with you and not to the people that it's supposed to actually affect. Yeah. And you're just, you're never going to get that nuance or even a representation, a fair representation of kind of the quote unquote other side. Mm-hmm. That other side is going to be literally demonized mm-hmm. in this case <laughs> and and just so caricatured, 
even in something that's already animation, you know, it's a caricature on top of that. <laughs> yeah, I just, I think it's fascinating. And I think it's fascinating that a film like this gets made. Yeah. Which is the true mystery. Just, you know, how does this young guy with a bad microphone get to record his own voices and create this movie? Yeah, and... And get it distributed. It's and, in drive-in theaters. What? And honestly, at the end of the day... How bad should that make us feel that we, we I haven't can't made a movie of a our own damn book? Yeah. And yeah. neither of us has made a movie. It's true. Yeah. I, there is something just to people who can finish their shit that I really admire. Yeah. The perfect can be the enemy of the good. And then there can be the very imperfect that somehow just slips through the whole system and gets there yeah. on theater screens around the U.S. And, and that's amazing to me. And this is one of the few times in American history that you could do that and like end up in the top 50 films. Yeah. <laughs> like that's he could say that for the rest of his life. That's it's amazing. So, yeah. Adam, you made a movie. You did it. You did it. I'm really proud of him. And that is the mystery of the mystery of the kingdom of God. Well, that's it for our show. Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. Our administrative manager is Ian Kramer. You can support this and all our <laughs> ticket buying experiences at maximumfund.org forward slash join. We normally do more expensive things than this. It was a lot of gas money. That's true. You can also support us by telling a friend, leaving a positive review. Yep, that's it. That's the only ways. You Those are the only ways. And we have social media. If we you do. Want, if you want to, whatever, it's, it's there. You can find it. You can go to Carrie's Twitter and see the aforementioned clips <laughs> unless the Lord has smited her or right. she's gotten an answer to her question. If I get an answer to my question, I'll take the freaking clips down, okay? Okay. Um, sevenfold, Carrie. Sevenfold. <laughs> and remember. Father, when is the time I will return to Earth? Soon, my beloved son, very soon. Many throne room seats are still empty. He has filled himself with the lust of the flesh and of the eyes. Leave Eric. Who should I call? Call the young man, Andrew. He has a destiny now. Could you turn on more light? This light makes you feel relaxed. Maybe I have a proposition for you. Would you not play your Christian jargon here at this concert, Miss Chow? Am I wrong? But they sure my faith is correct. Why do we need the Holy Spirit? Overcome the kingdom of darkness. It's the rich doctor, son. This village is for me. If we disobey him, he threatens to kill the children and destroy our village. I want to fight you. If God gave me that power, I'd be ten times better than them. I don't like Dylan. You know he's got pride and jealousy issues. Oh God, please help me! Jesus. Come, I want to show you something. My Lord, who are these powerful warriors? These are my warrior brides. You'll be one of them. Hi, I'm Joe Firestone. 
Nye Manolo Moreno. And we host After Game Show, a podcast where listeners submit games and we play them regardless of quality with a dozen listeners from around the world. We've had folks call in from as far as Sweden, South Africa, and the Philippines. Here's an example. This is a game we called Zooey Deschanel, where you turn a celebrity's name into an animal pun. You have an example, Manolo? Brad Gorilla Pit. Oh, that's a pun on Gorilla Pit? Yep. I don't know. If that's, that's Brad Pitt. Oh, okay. That's a high quality game that you yeah. could expect. Dr. Game Show has new episodes every other Wednesday on Maximum Fun. Check us out, please. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.